Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Ah, speaking of a healthy, sexy body, I want all of you to pay special attention tonight because our guest has a bold fusion style that's getting attention. He's got advanced training in psychology, East Asian medicine, and martial arts. William Kaplundis fuses Eastern and Western healing methods, and those are going to be tremendously beneficial to you as you're about to find out. William is an internationally renowned healer who's worked with Olympic athletes, professional dancers, corporate executives, and many individuals who've experienced something we all feel from time to time, and that is stress and pain. Here at Modern Love, we know that real love accelerates when you've got the right tools in your toolbox. That's why we've created trainings, the True Love, True Prosperity Mastermind Group, and every single month we have the Acceleration Day where you can join us live for a Modern Love training. The next training is going to be August 12th. And it's going to be a doozy, looking at whether your love life is love heaven or love hell. And the seven things that most of us do unconsciously that create love hell over time. And, of course, you know what we love to do is teach you how to stay out of hell and stay in heaven in your love life. And it doesn't matter where you are on the love spectrum, this training is right for you. Go to Eventbrite and grab your seat now. You want to be there. And we've got a great special guest, the angry therapist himself. John Kim is our guest, and you can read all about that on Eventbrite or shoot us an email. So even if you're looking for love after giving up, you're healing a relationship on the brink of a breakup, whether you want an exciting, successful career, please check us out, www.drbrendawade.com, for info about acceleration on your journey. And I love that word, acceleration, because with the energy and support you're offered through our huge library of wonderful guests like the gentleman you're about to meet, we can accelerate your journey of love. Now, we've got a question from one of our audience members, and please keep your questions coming. We love getting questions here. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, how can I set healthy boundaries with my best friend without feeling guilty? I've always been supportive and available because I sympathize with her difficult family and her difficult childhood. She talks to me about her problems, the revolving door of her relationships with men, but rarely allows me or others to share what's going on. 
I now realize I've got to set some healthy boundaries, but I'm afraid this will strain our relationship. Why do I feel so guilty? This is from Tessa in Indianapolis. Tessa, welcome to the club. You're a codependent. I can relate because I used to be the world's poster child for codependence. Everybody else's feelings and needs were way more important than mine, and then I found a wonderful place to get healing in addition to therapy, training, workshop, going to India, learning meditation and Eastern spirituality, I joined a free group called Al-Anon. They also have a program called Codependence Anonymous. These are 12-step programs. I learned what boundaries were. I learned why it was difficult to set them, and you will too. So get online, find the nearest CODA or Al-Anon group, And, Tessa, you're going to find it really easy after that to figure out where your friend begins and where you end. All right? So let me tell you more about William Kaplanidis. I'm going to say it just right. Kaplanidis. So just when you thought you had only one inner child, William comes along and says, we have multiple inner children. In fact, we have one for every major trauma that we've experienced in early childhood. And tonight we're going to talk about the real reason that some people overreact to certain situations, the triggers that activate a person's normally hidden inner child, and how to tell if your symptoms and ailments are connected to stuck energy because of the trauma. We're going to talk about his AccuDragon wellness system And it's a game that encompasses all the different modalities that William employs to assist people. He's got a new book, How to Be a Great Parent to Your Inner Child, Connect with Your Heart, and Your Higher Purpose. Welcome to the show, William. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Dr. Brenda. Absolutely. Now tell us how you got interested in AccuDragon work. (laughs) Well, originally I was planning to be a scientist as a child, a nuclear physicist, believe it or not. And I had an uncle who was kind of grooming me in that direction. And I was, you know, into the whole science thing. I was into learning about energy and things like that. And, and when I was 16, I was trying to get a scholarship for for college playing soccer, and I got injured really, really badly. And I was born with a problem with my ligaments and my joints. So I, I got injured before, but this one was a life changer. I couldn't walk for a year. Wow. And then it set off, yeah, it set off a, a domino effect of my other joints and getting injured, and I couldn't walk for seven years without knee oh braces. And, yeah, I was... That's a knee lot braces. for anybody, yeah. especially a young teenager. Yeah, at his prime. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so things went 180 degrees. I really had to kind of reevaluate whether or not to even continue on this planet because I was now unable to do all the things that I loved, all the sports, martial arts, everything that I used to do. And I really had to do some deep soul searching. And I, I can imagine how depressed gears. you were. Wow. Yeah. yeah depressed so those were some dark those days things. for you. <laughs> yes, very dark, to, to put it mildly. Um wow. So I, I reached deep and I... How did you I, pull I, through? Yeah, how did you pull well, through? Well, once the devil didn't come 
to I was willing to sell my soul to get my legs back. Once that didn't happen, I asked for a sign, and I I thought what what would be if I could just have one thing back. I thought maybe I was being greedy. I went through all the stages of loss and you know bargaining and all that sort of thing. Right. And I realized if I could just have one thing back, it would be martial arts. And I thought, why is that? And I thought, because it trains body, mind, and spirit. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's that's important. That's important. But then I thought, well, how can I do martial arts? I can't even stand up without these knee braces. And then I was crutching along, and I saw a sign for a Tai Chi class. And at the same time, I saw a class that was run by a Zen master who was also a karate master. And I began with those two teachers, and they sort of, kept me um, hopeful, I guess, or gave me a little bit of a chance to get that part of me back. And I began... So through that training, did you learn to walk? Were you able to take off the braces? What happened? Oh, no, not yet. I I was doing a lot of training, and, you know, I was a little better, but I was still needing the braces and canes and crutches. And then I had an opportunity... I went to graduate school at New York University, and my last summer vacation, I went to China, and I got in trouble over there trying to do too much, riding a bicycle for 11 hours, and they said, okay, which hospital do you want to go to? And I chose the Chinese hospital, because I already been to all the doctors here, and they said I was kind of screwed, and I wasn't going to walk again um, Hmm. for the rest of my life, so I thought, well, why not? Went in Rome, so I went, and I got acupuncture, and... um, they started teaching me how to do it on myself. And then when I came back to New York, I was studying Tai Chi in a Buddhist temple in Chinatown. And I found an acupuncturist right in the building. I worked with him for eight months. I got rid of my knee braces, got rid of my cane. I was wow. trying to do Kung Fu, jumping, kicking, all kinds of stuff. And, and people who saw me, they were like, oh, my God, you're alive. You have an aura. And I was like, yeah, look what I can do. You're <laughs> you know, giving me off. goosebumps. So yeah. you went that, from yeah. not being able to walk for seven years to kung fu jumps and getting rid of yeah. the braces and canes. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, then, so yeah, go <laughs> ahead, but I, I want to circle back when you go ahead and say more, but I yeah. want to know how real, that Just, just real worked. quick, just real quick. <laughs> so, three, so three years of walking and feeling like, you know, I got my life back. I went back to China a few more times, studied more and, and then I went to India and Nepal and Tibet and did more of a meditation kind of uh, training. And then coming back from Tibet into Nepal, I got into a car accident with eight major injuries, worse than I ever was before, and I ended oh up in a wheelchair. God. And I thought, oh, my God, that's what I said. I thought I figured this out. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, I couldn't even go home. I became homeless because I lived in a walk-up, and I couldn't walk up the stairs and and uh, luckily I had a job, but that was um, touch and go for a while. I worked in an inpatient psychiatric hospital, and I I needed a lot of help um, just to be – I couldn't write myself. I couldn't comb my own hair. I couldn't, you know, my even wheel – I couldn't even do the wheelchair myself because I didn't have use of both my, my hands and arms. So anyway – once so again. you really went <laughs> all the way down. You thought it was bad yeah. the first time. Yeah. You got a real so I, taste of what hell was like, huh? Exactly. I felt like I was on top of the world, you know, on top of the mountains in Tibet, like very close to heaven, you know, like 22,000 square feet above seawater, and then right down to the depths of hell oh in, in one God. day. Yeah. Wow. Now, I have so, to ask this because our show is all mm-hmm. about relationships 
were you mm-hmm. having any relationships during these dark dark years? Um, it's a good question. I I did have some relationships. Um, so during the initial dark years, I really was very depressed, very angry, and and the people around me, my friends, were really doing their best to try to tell me that there was more to me than just being an athlete, you know, about my sense of humor, about who I was, and my caringness, and all this kind of stuff, but I couldn't really absorb it. I couldn't really hear it in the beginning. Um, It took me a while to be able to to sort of allow that in. and then I was in a relationship when I was in, in Nepal, and that was actually a more uh, mature, more equal relationship. The person was also doing yoga and homeopathy and stuff like that, so we were a little Good. more evolved at that point. <laughs> I was a little more evolved at that point, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the so way I it works, isn't it? The partner yeah. you're with is usually a pretty good mirror of where you are. Yeah, so I I found Qigong Masters and and other healers through a good friend of mine who was not going to let me fall back into that, you know, dark place. And I knew, I I thought to myself, you know, I can't go back there. I have tools now. I didn't have tools back then. And a good friend of mine said, oh, you were just visiting an old kingdom just to see how far you've come. Ah, that's great. Yeah, that helped me look at the dark stuff and say, okay, see you later. And I just began in bed visualizing, doing Tai Chi, visualizing, doing the exercises, and slowly, slowly got myself back together, this time only in one year (laughs) instead of seven. Um, So you added to the regimen that you had created before. You said you're still doing Tai Chi, still doing acupuncture, still doing meditation. And I added Qigong. You added Qigong, and you added visualization. You visualized yeah, yourself before, out of bed yeah. and being active. Okay, so yeah, you did have, that before, but the new thing yeah. was Qigong. Now, for those who don't know, explain what Qigong is. Give a little breakdown on these modalities that you use to sure. transform your life. Is What a story. Sure. So the initial stuff I studied was psychology, hypnotherapy, meditation. I had been doing martial arts since I was a kid, um, different styles. But then the Qigong was something that anyone could do because there's over 3,000 sets of Qigong. And Qigong basically is anything that you do that cultivates your energy. So Qi means energy and Gong means to work or to cultivate. So it could be as simple as walking and you count your breaths with your steps. So you could take four steps, inhale, four steps, exhale. It could be done lying down. It could be done seated. It could be done where you're doing certain movements, like yoga-type movements, where you inhale with one part of the movement, exhale with the other part of the movement. Okay, so it's the moving and exhaling at the same time, and then what does that do for your energy? So what it does, first it connects your mind and your body, because once you learn how to control your movement with breathing, you start to go into alpha brain waves, so from beta, which is just your regular thought thinking process, you start to go into a deeper brainwave state where your body goes into parasympathetic mode, where you're more relaxed and the energy goes deeper into your body, blood circulation improves and so forth. And so what happens is your mind, your body start to become more flexible, stronger, and as you relax, the energy can flow better 
And each Qigong exercise can work on specific organs and their energies. So you could actually do Qigong for your lungs or Qigong for your kidneys. And, and those organs, once they now, get Now, were you doing Qigong specifically to help you get out of bed and start walking and moving again? Yeah, I was doing Qigong to heal my body. And there was specific Qigong to like... So one my, of the my, things my, that, yeah. that's very important is that you didn't do just one modality. You combined no. all of these modalities. Now, is this what your your dragon... Yes, my AccuDragon. <laughs> okay. So AccuDragon is all these things yeah. combined. Yes, exactly. Because I got tired of when people said, so what do you do? You know, how do you help people? And I would go on with a whole long list and it would take me forever. And I thought, you know what? I have to come up with a name that can now, combine everything I do. Dragon? Yeah, so good question. So the Accu part is because I'm a licensed acupuncturist and I do ah, acupuncture, it, I do acupressure. Okay. So that's where I got the Accu part from. The dragon okay. in, in dragon the Dragon's the energy. It, we get that part. Now yeah, go back yeah. to this, this business of saying we have several inner child because yes. I've never heard that. I've been doing inner child work forever. What do you mean when you say we have several? Yeah. Okay, so... In essence, it's one child. And first of all, start off, because we may have some people who don't know what the inner child concept is all about. Why don't you just break that down very quickly? Sure, sure. Um, So the inner child is the idea that when you're younger, certain things might happen to you, certain traumas, insults, or, you know, life events that are significant. And what happens is you might yeah, get like stuck there. Yeah, like breaking your body into many pieces like you did. Yes, and I have several several of those inner children at the different points where the body got broken. Um, but let's say, you know, you went through a divorce or you had to move as a child and change schools or, you know, suffered some type of abuse, physical, sexual, emotional. Sometimes those things are um, held inside in a way that your emotional part, that part of you doesn't keep going. So let's say you, did, you got very angry, you didn't know how to deal with the anger because you can't hit your father back or something like that. That energy gets stuck. So there may be an angry six-year-old, for example, inside you. And so you, you go along and you grow up and mature, but every time anger is stimulated, it's like that little kid that just wants to punch his father, you know, comes out. And it may come out in ways where you yell at your partner or where you yell at your child or your dog or something like that. And it's not about that. It's about that little kid who's still pissed off at his father. And so we have these parts inside us that can be considered the inner child or inner children if you've had multiple traumas along the way. So if you've had multiple traumas, there's some part of you still holding on to the trauma and it can get triggered and you find yourself behaving like a child. Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes, yes, yes. And, okay, and so what do again, you do if it's healed, that... if it's healed, mm-hmm. go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, that's my question. How do you heal the child? Yeah. Because we okay. know that little child is still hurting if the child didn't get healed. Because most people, I mean, I know your experience must be like mine. When I'm working with couples who are mm-hmm. stuck in their relationships, there's always some core trauma that comes out of the tool sure. I use, the genogram, where you can just mm-hmm. go right there. You're repeat, yep. repeating the pattern. Yes, exactly, exactly. So the, 
the pat though that is sort of a universal thing. So what happens is the child is trying to heal. So when you're a kid, you want to be loved and you want to give love. So most children are trying to figure out how to get their parents' love and approval. And however they're treated, they're going to be learning, oh, this is love. You know, to be abused is love because your father or mother does something bad to you and says, oh, but I love you, you know, or and I love you or something like that. Or they give you food and say, oh, eat this, you'll feel better. Or, have or they give you nice clothes better. or some something. Yes. What we right. as children interpret as love is something that makes us feel better. And this, of right. course, is why so many people get stuck in food addiction. It becomes exactly. a way of comforting. Uh, some people yep. get stuck in overworking because mom and dad gave mm-hmm. them approval for that. So I just want to yeah. give people yeah. some examples. So believe it or not, we're running short on time. So, William, how do oh, you okay. use Sorry. Eastern and Western philosophies with helping the inner child to heal? Okay, so first, um, from an Eastern perspective, each of your organs has an archetypal energy. So, for example, your heart is your queen or your king, and that's the part that usually is the inner child. And that's the part when you're younger, you're just, you know, you're a, a kid is just happy, just living life, you know. You're not thinking about stuff. You're just expressing who you are. But then as you get older, you have to sort of conform to certain things and you develop critical mind. So that heart, if it gets broken into pieces, you have these several little inner children, but they're all your queen or your king. So when you get upset and then you go eat that ice cream or you get upset and you spend all that money in retail therapy, that's that little kid. And even though you know better, you're eating something you know you shouldn't be eating, oh, I know this is going to make me fat or mess my blood sugar or whatever, you can't control it because it's a queen. And the so other how do you body, work with that? Give us a little bit of how you work. I have to tell you we've got about eight okay, minutes. Okay, sorry. So first what I would do is I would do the points on the body from Chinese medicine perspective to support the energies so if the critical part of your body needs to be less critical, I would do acupuncture points for that, and I would also do points to help your heart energy. But then I do something I call going down the rabbit hole, where I would guide someone to um, first identify the emotion, because usually these things are connected to emotions, anger, sadness, fear, and then see where it is in their body. And then I ask them certain questions that engage the right and the left brain, like if the anger had a color or if it had a shape. And that throws off sort of the guard who's like, you know, the, the guard that can keep you from getting to the roots. And then we go back in time and we see where these things are connected to. And sometimes we go from a physical ailment or sometimes we go from a behavior mm-hmm. pattern. And then we go back and we right. see what's so going on. So one of the on. things like, you're pointing to is that people can get stuck in a pattern and part of what you're doing is intervening energetically to break it up on an energy level so pause there for a second we're going to take one last question that came in uh really quickly dear dr brenda my boyfriend and i are in a long distance relationship and agreed to split our visits 50 50 between our cities at first it worked great then his schedule changed it got busy this past year he's only been here to visit me once every month while i frequently drive for hours to see him i miss my weekends in my city with my friends it makes me sad that he won't make the effort to see me here what do you think is right left out in pittsburgh 
look, mm. Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you, of course, to weigh in on that, William. But I would say left out in Pittsburgh, this is where you may have to go to some Al-Anon and CODA meetings with the first questioner that we got. So you may have to say to yourself, hey, my needs, my feelings are important. I really need to have time with my friends. And I'm going to go to some CODA meetings with Indianapolis so I can speak up for myself. And talk to your boyfriend about your feelings. And start with, I'm feeling sad. I feel lonely. I love you. I love being with you. And I really feel good when I have the love and support of my friends and I can be in my city and I need more balance. What are you willing to do so we have more balance? Because I know I need to move this back toward 50-50. So that's a starting point. But what I'm hearing is you haven't spoken up for a long time. So that tells me you're having trouble addressing your needs and speaking up. And that's where those CODA meetings come in. Now, John, how, excuse me, William, how would you address that using Eastern and Western traditions? Yes, I think what you said was right on target as far as, you know, how to move forward with that. So first is, you know, your heart, that little kid inside you, like you were saying um, in one of your podcasts about being worthy. You know, first you have to recognize that your little kid inside you, that part that wants to love and that balance is worthy of that. And so you have to find the parts inside you that are willing to help that child inside you. Do you know what I mean? So we have more mature parts. You may Absolutely. Have, you may, so you know, want you may, the adult part of you yes. to come in and help the child, the healthy exactly. adult, not the punitive yes, adult who may have made you feel you don't deserve to ask for what you want. Right. That's what I'm getting. The highest, yes, the highest, most evolved spiritual part of you. That's the, one of the key parts. And you have to see if that part's willing to help that child. Mm. And that's the first step. And then there are so other parts. So how do you so enroll we, the parent, parent part, the adult part, in helping the child? So first I ask if they're willing, if there's any part of them that's willing to help. And then I see what kind of part that is. Is it like a nurturing part, like a mother part? Is it like a wise sage? You know, I sort of see what energy it is. And those energies connect to organs. And then what I do is I'll, I'll, make, I'll see what, what they're willing to do to help. So, like, so you want to get in a dialogue with those parts yes, and see what those exactly. parts will do. So you're going to get exactly. the last word. What do you want to leave us with, William, in terms of a tool that people may be able to use right now to make their love lives better and get more of what they need and want? What would you leave us with? Well, that that relationships are, then partners are reflections for us. So where there's a problem, that's before you get into a fight, pause and reflect and see if you could see where that might have come from. So maybe abandonment issue or maybe, you know, some other kind of issue and see if you can get in touch with that part of yourself and see if you can find the part of you to parent that part and to do what you need to do. So like what you were saying with this person, she needs to reset some boundaries for herself so that she can make it more balanced. Yes. Okay, so we're going to call in the parent part of yourself to say to that child, hey, I love you. 
You deserve mm-hmm. love and support. You deserve to have your needs met. And I'm going to support you asking for what you need. And if you don't get it, then you really need to get good at giving it to yourself and finding somebody who's willing to give it to you as well. So, William Kaplandis, thank you so much for being our guest tonight and fusing Eastern and Western philosophy, something that makes healing so powerful. William's website, again, is www.accudragon.us. He has all kinds of great healing tools there, Qigong DVDs, homeopathic remedies, Check it out because let me tell you, when your body is working with your mind, it gets a lot easier to have a great love life. Stay with us because next week our special guest is going to be Susan Edelman, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, then Dr. Catherine Kelly, Soul Health. Big thank you to our executive producer, Mr. Legrand Green, to our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and... Be sure, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area on August 12th, that you join me for a full day of getting out of love hell and living in love heaven. And one last thing, we are about to launch our Hit Refresh Fall Retreat, where we're going to reflect, restore, and rejuvenate ourselves for three days at the beautiful Yakayo Ranch. Our special guest is Chief Philip Scott of the Lakota Medicine Tradition, who's going to do some big medicine healing with all of us. And you're going to come back feeling very, very good about yourself, very energized, and ready to create more love in your life than ever before. All right, everyone, I love you all. Blessings be with you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.